Hutchins Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hutchins Podcast. I'm Josh Wise and I'm joined with Mrs. Gunga Fraser today, who is the head of Ellicos. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Josh, and thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, the big question on everyone's minds and the theme of this podcast is what is Ellicos? So, Ellicos is, the, is basically an English language intensive course for overseas students. I'm the head of Ellicos. This is quite a broad position. Uh, so my role is to manage and administer Hutchins' Alacost program. I provide leadership in the development and delivery of quality English language courses that is offered to international students. How do you determine whether you have a 10 to 40 week intensive course? Students, when, as part of the enrolment process, uh, they do uh, a diagnostic test. And from there, we then work out whether they need 10, 20 or 40 weeks. Most of them also do a language test before they arrive in country. And that particular test, which is quite similar to the IELTS, gives us a bit of a ranking and a bit of an overview of how many weeks they'll require. To make it easier, they have five levels. So level one is somebody that is what we call elementary, where they don't speak. Um, They can only use a few words and right through to intermediate, where they're quite proficient and can then integrate into our mainstream classrooms. Once students complete the Alacos program, depending on how many weeks or terms, uh, they're then supported through their schooling with ongoing English as an additional language, so our EALD program. And do you take that? No, I don't. Who takes but I have that? been, but I have been in the past. Okay. But here it'll be well, depending whether they go to collegiate or Hutchins. Oh, so it's a could be a cooperating. That's right. Okay. What is it like with collegiate? <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. It's um, it's different teaching girls and boys, um, but they come together, so it's like co-ed. Do you find that one gender has different sort of ways they learn it to another, or? Look, past I haven't. No. They're incredibly studious and depending on which country they come from, so some of the Asian countries, they just want you to feed them a lot of the information very much into rote learning. So teaching a language is quite easy because they're used to it and Mm. you teach all the four macro skills from reading, listening, speaking and writing. I think it's also thinking about the challenges overseas students face that distinguishes their experience from our local students. You know, some of them... Can you imagine learning and living in a different culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially in a foreign school context. What is your goal when you have new Ellicost students coming here? What do you do, I guess, to feel, make them feel supported and included in this school community? Well, looking at the child holistically. So I look after not only their academic needs, but their pastoral care needs as well. I work closely with agents, with families, with the school community and the child, taking on a global perspective and um, making sure that they benefit from studying here and our our local students also benefit from the experiences that they have and they can share with us. So you're sort of their parent away from home. (laughs) Yeah, I can be, I can be. And you know, when when I first started, um, I had a few girls from Collegiate and it was really, really hard because we had COVID as well. That was really complex and really difficult to navigate because they couldn't go back during the holidays. One student did go back, but she couldn't come back and she wanted to continue. So we had online learning I see. and it was like a hybrid system. It worked really well. Giving her the, the end of year exam was difficult <laughs> because I had to sit in front of the computer and kind of administer that testing process. But I'm just in awe with how resilient our young people are. Um, and the and the ability to kind of face the challenges head on, and they really want to make a difference, and they really want to to learn, which I really admire. And y- you've already just touched on it. So, what was COVID like for the program and for you and the students involved? Oh, look, we were really excited because we were just about to launch, and then COVID hit, <laughs> but we still had students 
um, compared to some of the other schools where, you know, the, some of the other schools in the mainland shut their program down, but we still kept going. Look, it's something that I've never faced with because they were really lonely. So we came together as a group. We supported each other, the students and the teachers and the community as well. And it was really, really hard to think about, you know, for them li- living in a different culture, coming to a different school learning a new language and then having COVID. So they miss, you know, little things like festivals. Some of them would actually go back to, to boarding and, and cook, home cook food to remind them about what it's like to be back at home. They FaceTime a lot with their family and friends, but yeah. It was difficult and it was really nice actually. The last holidays I saw one of my uh, previous students from Collegiate. I was just in awe with he, her Australian slang. <laughs> and, you know, this is a young girl that was incredibly shy, reserved. And she's just, you know, blossomed and come out of her shell. And the same could be said with some of our um, young young people here at the moment, even the, the young people that I teach at Hutchins, you know. Um, it takes time and a lot of perseverance. <laughs> but, you know, at the end, it's just nice to see them um, own that language and to feel confident and competent to um, engage in dialogue and to have a conversation. What's the spread of people from uh, the grades, from grade 7 to uh, 12, do it? Do we know how many are in each? Or? Uh, and I know the program's small at the moment. It, it so is quite small. We try really hard not to take anyone after year 10 because in year 11 and 12, you've got your ATA, so yeah. they really need to be quite proficient because it's quite hard to upskill them so quickly. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to uh, take them from year 7 onwards. Mm-hmm. And anyone in primary, we believe that immersion is best. Mm-hmm. So they, they go with other students in the classroom and they learn that way so look i think i'm quite excited all i can say is i'm really positive about 2023 we've engaged with some agents overseas the davis and i traveled not so long ago to vietnam and thailand on a recruitment drive and um we've had some positive leads so i'm really excited to see what 2023 brings what was that like what did you guys get up to well it was full on so we had we went to an aes event where we met with um, agents and it was very much like speed dating you know we sat across a room with other schools we were the only schools that represented tasmania so that was quite nice we had to show people where tasmania was <laughs> um, some have never heard they knew melbourne and sydney so you know we were starting from scratch <laughs> and just saying it's only an hour plane ride and and they were like, wow, that's, a, that's quite a little island. And, and they said, yes, because they, really, they really liked New Zealand as well, especially in, in Thailand. And I said, yes, but we're safer. We've got no earthquakes. Ah. <laughs> and I went, yes, great marketing strategy. And, you know, and they, were, they were quite pleased. So <laughs> I guess getting them to understand our school, our community, and our beautiful island state, it was a wonderful opportunity for me to represent Hutchins. So I, I have heard that you're an international student. What was that like for you? Yeah, look, I came here when I was 12. So when I'm talking to um, parents, especially in Thailand and Vietnam, I was able to share with them my experience as an international student. I came here without my parents. My older sister was here. And that was really difficult. And, you know, coming from Singapore, yes, I did speak English, but that was my second language. What was your first? Out of curiosity. Tamil. Tamil. Yeah. And we speak Mandarin as well. Yeah. But it was really tough because, you know, little things that we take for granted, like the smells, beautiful fresh air here. <laughs> <laughs> when I came here, it was like, wow, lots of land, uh, beautiful fresh air, great produce in terms of, you know, fresh vegetables. And I just thinking about schooling as well, when I, I was about two years ahead of everybody else in my class. And I sat there going, can you give me more homework? Can you extend me? Yeah, it was it was really hard. It was really different. I missed my family and friends. 
But I made some some really good friends here in Tassie. So yeah, my parents sent me to Tassie. I remember, you know, walking out of the plane going, I can't believe this is the airport. So <laughs> so you know, when I, I guess I share those stories with potential uh, families and agents and, and they listen in awe because they're also used to university students coming to study internationally, not so much the younger students. So when I give them my experience, I'm speaking, I guess, my truth. And I guess I know some of the challenges. And that's what's so authentic about it, I, yeah. I, I guess. And it's why it's so uh, important, you being head of early class, that you can relate to all of this. Oh, thank you. I Look, I yeah, like I said, I just speak from the heart and... I just love teaching and caring for young people. When you love what you do, um, there's a lot of joy in that. And what ultimately got you into teaching? The first degree I did was for my parents, you know, business degree. And that didn't really give me a lot of joy. I went back and, you know, I come from also my family. There's a few educators there. And I said, look, I think I would like to explore teaching. People always ask me, why did you go into teaching? And I remember having terrible teachers and horrible, mean teachers. And I thought, right, I can do something about it. I can be the teacher that I didn't have. So when I look at young people and I teach them, I think, right, be the change that you want to see, as cliche as that sounds. And I've been doing it for, what, 18 years now, I think, or 17, wow. 18 years. So wow. still love it. And I'm so, so grateful to be working here at Hutchins that I can wear many hats um, because of you know what I said earlier about mm. COVID and not having as many international students as, as we would like. It's great because I'm a year seven mentor. Uh, I'm a lit support teacher. I also case manage students on a learning plan and also teach Alacos. So I'm juggling a few hats, which is great because I love to be busy. Um, yes, and we know. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. So what, what would be the ideal, like if you could have an ideal number, what would be the ideal number oh, for the Ellicost program? Well, there is actually an ideal number. Okay, so under is. the ESOS Act, I can't have any more than 18 students in the class. Oh. Yeah, so there is a ratio. So I see. So even if I would like to have more, I, I can't. Um, and is that per class or is yes, that? Yes, it's per class, per, per class, teacher. Per yep. teacher, I see. Yep. So you could have multiple teachers of 18. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Hutchins is, well, Hutchins and Collegiate are the only Ellicost schools in Tasmania. Mania, am I right? So Alacost students are accommodated in the Hutchins School Boarding House for boys or St. Michael's Collegiate Boarding House for girls. So once they complete uh, the Alacost program, they'll be offered a place with their regular school curriculum. What countries does Hutchins or you and, and your team, I guess, target? It's, it's a really good question. And we're just, you know, talking about that right now as we speak in terms of, you know, international marketing strategy. Yes, yes. Um, so working closely with Collegiate as well, but also thinking about target markets. So we have, like, I subscribe to the MIP weekly, and that gives me a bit of a snapshot of which markets are growing, uh, where we need to think about placing or marketing for international students. So Thailand, Vietnam, and I know traditionally it's been Southeast Asia, like um, countries like China, Hong Kong. We're going to diversify the market. So what's the process in getting started? A student is interested, they make an in initial inquiry. So we either receive an email from the agent or parents, and then we look at their reports. We look at the English proficiency report if they have one. So either IELTS or what we call AEAS. And um, those reports are quite comprehensive and they tell us how many weeks they need for English language. And then we'll have a Zoom meeting generally with the school's registrar, Mr. Stuart Hammond. He might do the initial and then with me or vice versa, we might do it together as well. We talk about enrollment discussions, what year they should go in, boarding requirements before what we call a, a COE, so an enrollment confirmation of enrollment or a letter of offer is then sent out. Who would be, who would you necessarily, they might not be in the 
quote unquote Ellicos team, but who would you, um, who do you work closely with when it comes to Ellicos? Mr. Ma, Mr. Davies? Generally, Mr. Davies. Mr. Yeah. Davies. Yeah, so we, we would meet. Yeah. And, and depending on whether it's a complex issue. I see. Um, whether, you know, sometimes I feel also involve Mr. Magnus pastorally. Ah, yeah, so it just depends. It just depends on the students' needs, their requirements, the schoolhouse. So if they're senior school, I would work with the head of house. I see. Um, their mentor, subject teachers. It's varied. That's what I mean. It's quite a big, complex yeah, role. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's not just the student and you. It's quite a, yeah, it's very a large big. network. Yeah, of, of people helping of people that child. Helping, yeah. And looking at that child in a from a holistic perspective. So I see here, Mrs. Fraser, that you have a Churchill Fellowship. So I undertook my Churchill Fellowship um, with the aim to investigate and evaluate intervention programs from all over the world, especially countries that have improved literacy and numeracy outcomes in mainly disadvantaged areas. So I travelled for seven weeks. I spoke with educational leaders and teachers in Finland the US, the UK and Canada. So I guess the main goal was just to gain further insights with how successful programs could then be implemented within a Tasmanian context and how we can then emulate their teaching and education models and kind of replicate it and apply that to to us in Tasmania. You know, looking at teacher training, looking at programs, looking at peer coaching. It was great. Uh, it really informed my, my teaching practice as well. So I came back refreshed, lots of ideas, hoping to change the world. Feel free to read my 70-page report. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for your perseverance, actually. We made it happen, so. We did. Well, Mrs. Gunga Fraser, the head of Alicost, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. And if you'd like to listen to more Hutchins podcasts, you can find us by going to hutchins.tas.edu.au forward slash podcast, or you can search Hutchins podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service. We'll see you soon with plenty more podcasts still to come before the end of 2022. We'll see you next time.